the property pod. Pod. pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello welcome to the property pod my name is suren naidu and on this fortnightly show we chat to leading executives analysts and developers in South Africa's expansive property industry. We are delving deeper into the prospects of the SA-listed property sector now. Last year turned out to be a tougher year than expected and listed property ended off 2022 as the worst performing asset class versus equities, bonds and cash. In our first property pod for 2023, in early Jan, we chatted to John Lewis from FNB on his expectations for the broader commercial property sector. However, he was low to comment specifically on listed property as he doesn't cover the sector, or the rich sector rather. So on this latest property pod, we are chatting to Rahib Davids of MNG Investments, who's going to share some of his insights on the listed property space both in terms of performance in 2022 and his expectations for 2023. Welcome to the Property Pod, Rahib. Thanks, Uren. Happy to be here. Rahib, in uh, mid-Jan, that was a few weeks ago, you penned a note titled The Travails of SA Listed Property in 2022. How did the sector perform last year? It seems that it struggled compared to 2021. Uh, when there was a huge rebound from the COVID fallout the previous year. Yeah, thanks. So yeah, 2022 was a tough year for the SA listed property sector. As you mentioned earlier, uh, SA listed property as sort of measured by the OP index delivered a negative total return of 2% underperforming bonds and equities that actually delivered positive 4% um, each. So yeah, it, it was a tough year for listed property. And if we break down that total return a bit further, what we can see is that, you know, the property companies in a post-COVID world uh, on the back of sort of uh, receiving their rents and cash flow returning to normalized levels, they were able to continue or resume uh, dividend payments. So they managed to actually produce a yield of about 7%. But um, however, the, the global market turbulence caused by uh, the war uh, and, and rising inflation and rising interest rates resulted in, in, in a derating of about 9% that, that sort of sunk the total return in, into negative territory. And um, yeah, most of the negative price action was actually felt by the, the offshore stocks as opposed to the SA stocks. And um, yeah, there was quite a big divergence in, in performance within the the, the index. And um, yeah, it's, it was all just based on where those properties were geographically exposed. Okay, it's interesting that you mentioned the LP because I know that uh, some of the other listed uh, property analysts like to talk about the SAPI. But as a listed property sector still seem to have fared better than many of its global peers in developed markets, such as the UK, Europe, and the US. These key markets are double-digit declines in listed property as far as I see. What's your thoughts here, on, or rather on this? Yeah, the, the, the offshore markets, particularly UK, US, and, 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 and Europe, and yeah, even Australia, they, they sort of benefited from a, a decade of ultra-low interest rates on the back of, of quantitative easing. And, and what that done was it, it indiscriminately inflated property values as investors started to chase yield. Because if you have bond yields giving you zero or negative percent, your price willing 
that you are willing to pay for a yielding asset is is higher. Uh, so. We, we saw that that come through and what 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 resulted there was inflated property values and as um yeah when the war started and interest rates started rising off from very low levels the um yeah the impact on risk discount rates and and and, and your risk free rate was was material for these for these property valuations and that's why um that's why what we saw there was a a, a massive uh, a, a massive sell-off in in in, in these, these property stocks because all of a sudden your risk-free rate went from zero to three or four percent and and therefore your discount rate in, increased uh, by 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 a, a similar amount and and what that, that does is a higher discount rate um, results in a a lower property property valuation and uh, yeah so they were they were they were more impacted by, by by the delta in interest rates versus the SA property because SA property in, in, in South Africa, um, yeah, we've sort of been operating in a high interest rate, high inflation environment for, for much of the last de- decade. So what you're seeing there in property valuations and even listed property valuations is sort of valuations that are benchmarked to, to a high to a high bond yield. So the the movement from yeah, from high bond yields to slightly higher, it's it's less negative than from zero to say to say three percent, and that's why you know the SA property um, focused stocks they they fared better than 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 their offshore names. Well, that's reflected a bit in a comparison between the SAPI, which is uh, pretty much SA-listed property stocks, and the LP, which includes uh, dual-listed stocks like Hammerson and others. Um, a lot of them are European-focused for SA investors. Globally, there were geopolitical headwinds with the Russia-Ukraine war and the fallout from this, then rampant inflation and the aggressive interest rate hikes. Were these things also the main drivers behind the underperformance of SA REITs last year? For the SA focused REITs, I think, yeah, despite them also suffering from rising inflation and, and interest rates because they, they were impacted, yeah, I think SA focused funds were, were less impacted by, by these dynamics. So they have benefited from, you know, when COVID hit, then interest rates fell, and you saw some of the SA property funds, they, they benefited from lower interest rates, but the interest rate hedging strategies that, that they deployed don't always allow them to, to fully capture the lower interest rates. So their the earnings weren't as impacted now as interest rates rapidly rose, and because inflation has been uh, on the rise, especially in property cost, uh, property cost inflation has been tracking well ahead of, you know, SA headline inflation. So SA property companies have already been battling with sort of low economic growth high interest rates and sort of high inflation for quite a long time, which is already reflected in their valuations and in their listed share prices. So the war, yeah, it wasn't as negative for SA property as it was for um, the European and, and the UK REITs, which, you know, faced a massive energy crisis, a sudden uh, uh, a sudden spike in inflation and interest rates within a very short space of time, which was a big shock to the system. And we saw that a lot of ripple effects in terms of expectations of property devaluations and also in um, yeah, certain property funds offshore looking to sort of get their funds and stop sort of the withdrawals um, from those funds because of liquidity constraints. So, yeah, the SA market, I, w- I would say the, the valuations and the prices already sort of reflect a, a tough trading environment. Yeah, SA property valuations are valued at high discount rates. And also the starting valuations of SA property companies, even prior to um, the war, it, it was already depressed. They already traded at deep discounts to book value. They already traded at high yields because SA property stocks, they're already being benchmarked. Their dividend yield or their earnings yield, it's already being benchmarked against quite a high uh, SA government bond yield of about 10 to 11%. So, um 
you know, this environment for SA property, it's not new, if I would phrase it like that. I gather GDP growth and load sharing, etc., are some of the the local factors that also affect the sector. Surely it must be concerning then that recent statement by the SA Reserve Bank during its repo rate announcement in Jan, where it slashed GDP growth forecast by half for both 2023 and 2024, and we're still hiking rates. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, no, it is definitely concerning. Um, I think load shedding is sort of the number one factor on everybody's mind now in terms of how that will impact economic growth. And uh, for SA listed property, I think it it is particularly negative. But uh, however, I must say that over the last five years, SA listed property has operated in in a low growth environment. So again, it's nothing new. And the hike in the interest rates uh, of 25 bps in the most recent um, announcement, that sort of takes uh, interest rates to a level now that is above pre-COVID levels. And... um, and that will be negative for, for SA property companies as they have to renew debt. As, as you might know, the, the, the aging strategy of SA property companies is basically to fix interest rates. So a lot of them fixed interest rates before COVID and, and didn't benefit entirely from the drop in interest rates. And, and now when interest rates have risen, you know, they're not going to be hurt that much because they've already sort of hedged out. So the, the high interest rates will bleed in a bit slower because it is fixed. But what is new and of grave concern, as I mentioned, is the persistent high levels of load shedding, which is massively destructive for SA business. It was there in COVID, perhaps, and, and prior to COVID to a small extent, but the stage six, stage four to stage six load shedding has sort of, uh, has been a big step change in, in, in disruption for businesses. And I think the impact of that, uh, yeah, will be massively negative for businesses and yeah, due to increasing costs for running your diesel generators, um, there's manufacturing disruptions in the industrial sector. The miners are also being disrupted in terms of the ability to operate and produce. And then, you know, your retailers with fresh produce. Um, I mean, there's a lot of wastage. If your, if your fridges are, are, are out, there's so much wastage. Um, and they are paying us. There was a stat from Attack, which is a, um, a, a REIT, and, and they mentioned that I think per day, the retailers spend 500,000 rand on diesel just to keep the, the shops running during um, load shedding. So the cost is, is quite enormous. And on the back of that, um, you know, there has to be an accelerated rollout of solar power. And, um, and, and that also comes with a cost. And not all businesses are financially capable of funding that. So those with stronger balance sheets, yeah, would fare better. But um, in summary, I think that Growth is low and is concerning, but yeah, I think the biggest new concern is is load shedding. Well, load shedding is is, is uh, pretty much largely to blame for that slash, even though the governor didn't uh, say it as forthrightly. But um, just in terms of your expectations, let's just go back to 2022. Broadly speaking, you mentioned in your note to the market that uh, it was an underperformance last year. What are your expectations performance-wise for 2023? In 2023, what we are expecting, I think, from a global perspective, we're expecting some, some more certainty in terms of the interest rate and, and inflationary environment, which, which I think, you know, certainty in that regard would be positive for, um, for, for property stocks. We've seen some of that positivity and sentiment come through at the beginning of this year with the recent uh, U.S. Fed announcements and the comments made by Powell, and there's been a, some reversal of derating. So the, the big offshore stocks that derated last year, I mean, we've seen that derating reverse and sort of these stocks have done quite well year to date. So going into the year, we, we expect some certainty there and, and, and we are in hopes that that would be positive for the offshore stocks. But we are still gravely like 
concerned about recession, a weakened consumer and environment, a consumer that has suffered from high inflation, rising interest rates, and the ability to sort of spend on, on discretionary items. I think that's been diminished quite quite a bit, and that still needs to come through. And then, yeah, obviously, as I mentioned before, persistent load shedding. Yeah, it's not good for businesses, and businesses don't do well if businesses can't operate in this environment. Then property demand will sort of continue to be weak in, in an economic environment that is already weak. And so I think that the prospect for rental growth in South Africa is not good and might only be limited to certain sectors that are doing well. And so our expectations is we, we expect a dividend yield, a decent dividend yield. I think, you know, the SA property stocks, the range of yields you, you can get within the universe ranges anything from, you know, 7 to 15%. So, I mean, you can you can take take your pick of stocks and you can build your portfolio as you please, but we expect, say, on, on average a yield of at least 10%. And, and our aim is obviously to to sort of um, sort of maximize our, our return for shelves. However, we, we don't expect a lot of earnings growth across the sector for the because of the reasons mentioned before. And we think select stocks would be able to deliver growth and these stocks would be the ones that are either heavily discounted and, um, you know, there is some re-rating potential or they have a, an ability, a strong ability to pass on inflation into their rents. Yeah, I think that would stand out. So in summary, yeah, we expect a good yield, but limited growth uh, in, in terms of earnings. Just to put you on the spot there, we'll get to stock picks uh, to conclude, but um, uh, total returns, are we looking at another year of uh, poor performance uh, just from a total return perspective? No, I mean, actually, I think all things being equal, coming out of 2022, when most of the T-rating had already occurred, I think, you know, the start of the year was pretty grim for SA property. So I think, you know, all things being equal and assuming that um, that SA continues on its yeah, that there's no further derating, you, you could actually look for positive returns. If you bank your yield of 10, 11%, there is a prospect for growth of between 4 and 6% as some companies' sort of earnings recover. But I would, yeah, it's, it's difficult to, to pin these things, but I would benchmark between possibly 10 and 15% in, in total returns. Um, yeah. Just is a, that a broad of, sector of or specific counters? That's broad sector. So if I look at the OP index and, and I look at the yield it's giving and, and the potential growth, I think that's what you can, can get if, if things go well. So, so quite optimistic despite the, the grim uh, state, as you say, because um, the, uh, t- uh, 10 to 15 percent total return is, is quite uh, something considering it was pretty flat last year. It's difficult for us to forecast total return. That is, it's just sort of a benchmark exercise if these property companies yield what they are expected to yield. And, you, you know, the growth, I think, is, is the biggest variable there. You know, there's a disclaimer on that. It, it's, <laughs> I, I, I myself am uncertain. I, I cannot predict the future. Yeah. But um, you can look for at least at least your to to collect your yield as a starting point. So so I'll, I'll, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, you, you're saying that listed property may surprise on the upside. I think so. They had a tough year last year, and within the the index, you know, um, especially with the with the offshore stocks. I mean, they were massively hammered last year, and and you know, they ended the year trading at at big discounts to um, to book value. Um, I mean, if you, if you just look at the offshore names, they were down like 40 percent, and year to date, you know, a lot of them have actually rebounded from the lows of of last year into January, and if that sort of holds up, and the environment is. Um, only gets better globally, then, you know, these stocks could outperform 
SA-focused stocks this year, uh, whereas last year it was sort of the SA stocks generally outperformed um, offshore stocks. So you could see some reversal there because I, I do believe that, yeah, you know, from the SA property side, the growth is under a lot of pressure. Um, you having pressure on your revenue growth, your net rental income is, is under pressure as your reversions are still negative, and then your property costs are, are sort of escalating at um, at above inflation. So you are getting a net margin squeeze, which, which sort of enables yeah, sort of private material growth. Uh, finally, just check in with you. Your stock picks, both locally, maybe your top three uh, stock picks on a local front, SA RIT, and then offshore. As you may understand, I'm not allowed to sort of disclose state secrets, but I, <laughs> I, I can give sort of broad indications. The one stock that that is one of the biggest in our portfolios and that we are very positive on is, is Nepirok Castle, and I think uh, it's a well-known counter. It's a Central Eastern European focused um, mall owner. They own the prime centers across Central Eastern Europe. And I think the reason why we are positive on, on the CE retails, because, you know, it's an environment where employment is high. Uh, wages are growing with inflation and um, you're getting wage growth, which is driving consumption growth, which is filtering into shopping centers. And and if that happens, you know, you get sales growth in your shopping centers, which ultimately results in rental growth, which sort of filters through into earnings growth. So we're positive on Epiroc Castle and CE retail in general because of their ability to sort of capture inflation. And they have a strong balance sheet, which allows them to spend CapEx, take advantage of sort of opportunities in the market and deliver good uh, returns for shareholders in a tough market. And then the other companies that we like more, more broadly is generally, as I mentioned, companies that can pass on inflation in rents. It's an ability that is valuable and that will sort of protect companies' earnings against uh, rising interest rates. Because if your interest rates go up and your income stands still, you know, you are getting squeezed on your profit margin at the bottom. So, you know, we are, we are positive on the guys that are able to sort of grow inflation and grow into a higher interest cost base. And then, yeah, generally we, we like higher yielding um, SA stocks. So we, we recognize that in SA growth is limited. Which are those stocks? I'm sorry to interject there, but which are those local stocks? Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, I will, uh, without naming our, our favorites, there's a couple of, of high-yielding ones. You have your, your Favis B, which is quite high-yielding, Octodec, the Pula B, and SA Corporate. These are your mid-cap stocks, and they produce a yield in excess of your SA government bond, which I think is a good um, anchor for your total returns. These, these stocks also have decent balance sheets. They're not overly geared. I think you can more or less count on them to pay a dividend. They've actually paid good dividends over the last year in 2022. I mean, these were some of the best dividend-paying stocks that, that did well last year. And I think, you know, they can actually do well again um, in 2023. So I think those are the topics. And then, you know, the, with within the universe, um, the say, property uh, universe, there is potential for special situations, takeouts, uh, mergers and acquisitions, because prices are trading at such big discounts to book value, the, the potential for corporate action is relatively high. So that's that's quite exciting. There's been a couple of transactions over the last um two or three years, and we think there is room for maybe one or two more in the coming 12 to, say, 18 months. Okay, that's interesting because I know uh, there's been talk about consolidation and, and corporate action, and a lot of it has not really panned out. Uh, but, um, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, that's a wrap for this episode. Rahib, thanks so much for your time. That was Rahib Davids, an analyst at MNG and Investments. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu, brought to you by Asset, South Africa's leading digital commercial property magazine. 
To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Seren on Twitter at Seren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. 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 MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.